really what's going on here is we're Sheldon Blatter and Penny is all of the people we think are listening to this. No. And are going to find an attachment to it, but they're not. No, because we're not... We're not using scheme and guile to get people to listen to it. I was about to say, nor are we causing psychological harm. Oh, well, that's definitely not true. 100% incorrect. A lie before it came out of my mouth. Like, if we were responsible, these conversations would have content warnings attached to them, but who would have time to figure out all of the things that we... One time, uh, a friend told me about how a dog, when she was a kid, had attacked her, the neighbor's dog. And I think she had a little scar on her face or whatever. And uh, her dad, she never knew exactly when or how it happened. But her dad then shot the neighbor's dog in a way that apparently was not obviously enough traceable back to him that there was any responsibility that he had to take for it. Uh, but he shot, shot the dog. And when she was telling me that, my brother chimed in to say that, oh, wow, that was upsetting. I really could have used a trigger warning. And I said, you know who could have really used a trigger warning? Oh, no! That fucking dog. (laughs) No, Nick. No, why would you say that? Why would I not say that? The poor pupper got blasted. (laughs) Okay. We can stop now. We can stop. No, this is what? Are we just going to... This is how we start. (laughs) This is our fade in. It is good fade. Hi, as it's if you mo- didn't already know, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. This is the Big Bang Theory Theory, where we talk about a, a show that people like and nobody knows why. It's sometimes we talk about murdering dogs. Oh, okay. No, no dogs get murdered in the episode that we're aware of. But again, if anyway that you're going to murder a dog, you want to do it in a way that it doesn't come back to you. How, how are you, Kyle? Fine. Are you excited to talk about episode four? Sure. Season one, episode four out of 11 seasons. Is the show still on? I think it is. God help us all. Anyway. So Sheldon loses his job. Yes. Which is the first time that we find out that Sheldon has ever had a job. He's, He's gone from physicist in theory to working theoretical physicist. And he, yeah, he immediately loses it uh, through, of all things, could you believe it, cocktail party awkwardness. There's this, I think he's a new doctor? New head of their department. Yes, that's about to be Sheldon's boss. Sheldon has no respect for him because apparently he's not a real scientist and totally fucks it up by saying that, I can remember, like, not respecting him or thinking his work is garbage or something like that. Well, they cut away, right? So they... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how, I mean... You're really left to speculate what exactly he said. I don't actually know how workplace politics go. I can't imagine that if you were that rude to your boss that he might in fact fire you. But what happens is he introduces himself to Sheldon and he goes, and you are, and Sheldon goes, a real scientist. Uh, and then we yeah. cut. And he's like, I can't believe I got fired. And Laird gives says... Well, you did also say that, you know, he was a hack whose last successful experiment was lighting his own farts or something like that. And that's all we find out about what he said. I was actually, I'm not sure any of that on its own, though, would be enough to get you fired. So I wondered what else was in there. I don't know. Regardless of whatever happens, he, get, he gets fired. And he, he tries to spin it as a positive thing, that this is his 
first day off in decades and they point out for the first time that he apparently went to college just after fifth grade and then shot straight through to phd and has been working now as a physicist for a couple of years so that's that's the most background if anything this is a sheldon background episode because that's that's all we learned at first and then we have a very bulky meandering segment where sheldon uh, is now doing all sorts of experiments at home. His first is to try to make perfect scrambled eggs. And nothing funny happens. <laughs> they, they try to act as if it's the craziest thing. Penny comes by to say hi, and Sheldon lat- leech- latches on to her uh, to get out to the grocery store. Yes. Now, this is interesting. I did notice this. This was speaking of inconsistent characterization at some point in the intervening episode like without us knowing what happened penny has soured on sheldon yeah because he's like i'm gonna go to the store with you because i can't trust you to you know follow the shopping list i might provide and she's like oh yay great I, i was thinking that was the moment that she soured on him though was when she was offering to go get eggs and he's like no, you fucking idiot. You're going to ruin it, so I have to come with you. Like, obviously, she's not psyched to have him along at that point. There may have been other implicit stuff. Well, I'm just saying, she has brushed bigger stuff under the rug in the brief time that we have known her. Well, that's because it's been coming from the, the, the criminal mastermind of Leonard, generic last name, whatever it is, who is... Hofstetter. Hofstetter, with his awful psychological warfare. That's the thing, Sheldon can't be a creep. He, like... He's too forward with it, so if anything, it's and it's it's a whole thing. But yes, he does he does proceed to insult her. Well, yeah, and that's her whole purpose in this episode is to be the foil to. I guess that's what she is for everybody, but this time specifically for Sheldon to just point out what a weird dick he is. Anywho, they make it to the grocery store, and this I think is where things start to get real weird for Sheldon, which is uh, he's. He's, you know, very awkwardly going about his purchases. He keeps pointing out, oh, look at me. I'm going grocery shopping like a regular person. Look, I'm a man of the people with everyone else in their mundane lives. And it's like, what did he do before Penny? Hmm. Like, is, was, has Leonard been his servant this entire time? Actually, I I think there's a, definitely an element of that, it seems like. Is, is, that, is that our new big underlying character development is that they are actually in some sort of working relationship where leonard is at least part-time employed by sheldon to be his real people person yeah i mean yeah i'm not like i'm not sure exactly how to codify it but they definitely seem to have some arrangement where like anything that actually needs to get done that involves interacting with other people yeah you know i could see that all right well that's canon now anyway so but here's the thing that I did think was weird for Sheldon, which is, I think they leave the grocery store and they get back to the apartment uh, and they're in the hallway and Sheldon talks asks when the next time they, they can go shopping together is and maybe they can go on it to one of those big bulk stores. Yes. And Penny is not jazzed about it. And Sheldon points out there's actually a lot of advantages to buying in bulk. For instance... I noticed that you only bought a month's supply of tampons. It would make so much more sense if, knowing that these things last forever, and you're going to need so many more of them, that you buy this many. And that, I think, 
still adds up. But then we get into, so what's like, what is your cycle? How many do you go through? And he already has an estimate. What is your flow like? And you've got 30 to 35 years before you get into menopause. And why is it that Sheldon, who knows nothing about people at all, nothing about how the world works outside of his own nerdy proclivities and, and the, the world of physics, suddenly knows so much about periods and menopause and is comfortable discussing all of that with Penny? Well, there's nothing he's uncomfortable discussing, right? He doesn't get embarrassed. That's true. That part's true. But, but I assume it's one of those, this is obvious, well, I mean, we don't know anything about his education or background but presumably it is i'm assuming that everything he learned about how human beings and sex works he got out of like either a magazine or an encyclopedia or apparently a series of like logistical tables somewhere so somewhere out there i don't know in what publication there's a chart with how with a detailed list of like how female periods like work and vary probably by like demographic and country and Sheldon got a hold of that list and memorized it just because he's in the big data. Anywho, so Sheldon, while he is unemployed, continues to do experiments. So first there's the, the scrambled eggs, and then he later concludes that they're as delicious that they're going to get, which is another, like, that's some real talk. <laughs> that's Sheldon just like, how, how can I improve on what is already perfection? I was foolish for trying. And... Uh, he wants to make glow-in-the-dark gold, goldfish uh, because of some bioluminescence experiment he's yes. reading about. And glow-in-the-dark tampons because that just sort of naturally, because that's, you know, It's just hilarious. It carries out of the previous joke about him being obsessed with Penny's periods. Yes. Which keeps coming back, by the way. He keeps, because now we find out he keeps a chart. And not only does he make the joke about how I'm going to keep a chart yeah, so that I know when yeah. Penny has her periods, we actually cut to... Three weeks later, when he's become even more obsessed with a different project. Well, then this this is where I think it really picks up because, yeah, it's um, Leonard has summoned Sheldon's mom. Right. Because Sheldon is spending so much time on his random experiments. I think it's been like three days. and But it's, it's too much. Leonard can't handle it. And so they summon the mom to come and try to get Sheldon out of his weirdness. And yes, by the time she arrives, he is sitting at a loom covered in all sorts of fabrics that he has made for himself. And he thinks, well, I thought, you know, illuminated fish. And then I thought, loom. And so that establishes that. But there's, there's, the big thing here is that, again, without the laugh track, you're dealing with someone going through a very serious mental breakdown. Oh, yeah, obviously. Struggling with mental illness, who is refusing to leave their home, uh, is getting obsessed with all sorts of random things to the point that they're not ability to function or otherwise communicate to the point that close friends and loved ones are worried about their health. And all of this is like, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> Poor, that, that silly Sheldon. He, he's, he is completely psychically crumbled. And even then, like, it's not the most upsetting. Like, it, it's both very sad and also something that's not sad enough that I think it would merit particular intervention. They've got to pick what they want to do with it. That's I want to see true, tragic confrontation of mental illness 
in this fun family night comedy so show. So he just didn't shoot up enough heroin before they called his mother is basically... Well, not even that. Like, I just want to see him, like, you know, using the loom to create fabric bags that he stores his feces in. Like, that's that's where I want it to get. Um, and then how he's using those to filter his own feces because the solid waste in it somehow is good for fish food. Yes. That's what I want. They don't get to that. I think it's all implied. I think it's absolutely reasonable for me to assume that's what's happening. But they don't they don't get to that. Anyway, Mom shows up. Do you have any thoughts on Mom? Do you want to talk about Mom? I mean, it was simultaneous. Like, all of my thoughts about Sheldon's mother are meta because my, the whole joke is that Sheldon is this super smart, android-like, but childlike weirdo and his mother is this down-to-earth, Jesus-loving, Texan, just stereotype. Like, I kept thinking for some reason of Forrest Gump's mom in... 100%. 100%. Like, that's a diff- and, and, that's and, Mississippi, and, not Texas, but otherwise... And and this that theme stays. I won't jump Yeah, no, it, I know, but, why. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. why. There was another reason I thought of that specific example. But, but, but yeah, they, they, they play up what a redneck she is and it makes no sense because she's like hyper religious she's racist uh she has all these goofy homespun nonsense bits of advice and i think they try to make her sound stupid and none of it works because she's very much just seems like a a nice normal person who knows how to handle everything around her well that was my question my question was to us, she seems like a really weird stereotype, but what if she is supposed to be the audience surrogate no, in no, that episode? Because no, no. everyone's laughing at the, like, you know, Sheldon creates some such thing, and she's like, oh, but you know, it's like, you mean you mean that the, 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 that this was the proof of an intelligent creator That's the design? exact joke I'm talking about, because I was like, if this show is, you know, it, I actually assume it has a specific more specific demographics but if you assume that the breakdown of people watching the show is the breakdown of americans in general and what they believe then like 40 to 45 percent of people who heard her make who heard her say that would not have thought that was a joke Uh, that's the joke the whole thing is like she goes in there and she's like oh hey indian guy and jewish guy let me bring jesus and kindness and love back into this household and we, because we're sort of weird, nerdy intellectuals, act like, oh, the show's obviously making fun of her. But there's a completely other read of that episode where it's like Mary Poppins, where the same woman walks in, and for just a minute, we get a window into what reality really looks like from a normal perspective for once. And we just never, you know, and all of this weirdness that normally goes on is just refreshingly tucked aside so that we can see how, just be reminded that even in this world of godless scientists, there are still good people who remember that an intelligent creator created the universe probably in seven days, you know, with dinosaurs that lived alongside Adam and Eve. This, uh, this really spoke to you, huh? Is this where we get into your, your deep religious background? Because I, I grew up as a godless weirdo, <laughs> It's not worth talking about, but I'm just saying. <laughs> ah, cool. Which one of them is Jewish? Wallowitz is Jewish. Is he? 
Uh, are you are going based on name alone? No, I'm well. I'm cheating, and I remember. I think from subsequent episodes that okay. he is Jewish. Although they do make a whole point in the episode about how none of them know how to pray, except even Penny, which is weird because she would presumably, being from Wisconsin, would have at least gone to church once in her life. But do I just make huge assumptions? Yeah, or not. You know, it's like. I'm just using statistics, you know? It's like some women, they have their, uh, you know, they uh, go into menopause earlier than others. And you can find that out, you know, you you can't know for sure about any particular woman. But you could make, you could make a specific, you could make a guess based on age, demographic, makeup, stuff like that. I'm pretty sure later on we find, I hope to God now we find out Wallowitz is Jewish. Yeah, I, we better. We better find that out. You've got you've got a real stake in the outcome of that now. Jeez. Anyway, yeah. Mom is God-loving caricature of I guess a Texan, yes. And her whole way of healing Sheldon is on the one hand doing absolutely nothing because that's how you fix it. And then a day or two goes by and she rushes into his room to confront him and make him do something because that's how you fix it because that doesn't matter there's a point there where they yeah they're all eating together and there's some prayer and uh wallowitz and raj don't know how to pray which is fine because i don't know that's the thing i remember like having dinner with uh, a friend's family and the, the dad was a a lutheran pastor and like they weren't allowed to watch the simpsons in that house because it was too racy and this was in like 2001 and uh they they all do their i can't even think of the the prayer you do but the saying grace the lord's prayer sure wait no they would not you would not say the lord's prayer aren't before they dinner. all the lord's prayers that's fair i don't know yeah just say grace i don't think it's a specific one usually yeah. but to be someone who was like raised with absolutely no religion or religious education and you just have to and you're from Montana, so my whole model is being broken right now. Yeah, what's up? That's what you get for making assumptions about people based off your data, big brain Sheldon. But yeah, that fucking sucks to be the guy that's like, this is all absurd, but I really want some of that macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, you're just staring at the food and you're like, oh man. Yeah, I don't want to say nothing bad about God. I'm not into this, but... Those green beans are well buttered, and I need them inside of me. So I'm going to, I'm going to pretend that there's a, I I'm selling out my my all of my beliefs and pretending that a divine creator is responsible for the universe, everything inside of it, and our lives have meaning. So I can get my fucking dinner roll already. Um, so that awkwardness makes sense. Also, uh, she's racist. They establish that for no reason. Because, all right, she makes dinner. It's some sort of chicken, and she leans into Raj, and he's like, that's not one of those animals that your people believe are magic, is it? And everyone's just like, ah, fuck. And they don't do anything with it, which I think is the best thing you can do with it. Just let it alone. And that's it. She doesn't do anything else racist after that. They just, like, bring it up to be like, ah, check that box and move on. And then she, I don't know. I think they try to double down on it because she talks about, like... Well, because I still maintain that joke about the magic animals. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a joke directed at her, although the people in the room respond that way. That was a joke making fun of Raj. I want to be more charitable than that, but you are probably correct. But, yeah, so she talks about how Sheldon's always been a 
just a weird little asshole, but she loves him and he's great. And also makes a crack about how she has two really stupid kids to really balance it all out. And that's that gets like a real heartwarming, soft fade laugh. Uh, that, yeah, don't worry. I mean, it's rough, but I've got a couple of fucking dollars to really make it all work. But all of this builds up to Sheldon's mom saying, put on your big boy pants, like literally, and then we're going to take you back to your work and you are going to apologize to your boss and get your job back. And then the next Forrest Gump parallel comes in. Yeah, this is where things get really weird. Yeah, they go to Sheldon's boss's office and I don't think Sheldon actually gets an apology in he says something about like sorry that I had to point out how stupid you are or something along those lines and then apparently his boss and Sheldon's mom in those 10 seconds have I fucked each other enough that Sheldon's like the boss is like don't Go, go get to work. Get out of my office. Close the door behind you. Yes. It's, yeah, it's literally, it's like, it's there. Um, I mean, he literally, he literally says, oh, you're Sheldon's mother because you're way too sexy for that. And she's like, I am. And by the way, Sheldon's father is dead. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a whole thing. And then later when they're, they're trying to, uh, again, trump up the, the childlike nature of Sheldon. He does ask the mom, is Dr. So-and-so going to be my new daddy? She's like, well, we'll see about that. We'll see. By the way, this is a, a just a Forrest Gump thing. I didn't understand that that mom fucking him to keep him in school interaction fully. Because uh, he, when the, the, the principal or teacher, whoever, is coming out of the building after, after banging the mom, Forrest is like mostly nonverbal or something and so can't communicate with the teacher about what happened and instead he just starts going eh, eh, eh. yes which i know now was him making sex noises but at the time i was like why because i, I saw it when i was like a little kid and i couldn't understand why he was just making these scary monkey noises to try to scare the principal away like why why is he trying to shoo him away with his his horrible squeaks maybe it's because i just didn't know what doing it was yet yes i would yeah that's a weird it's weird that that is in that movie like i mean there's it's just there are a lot of silly and absurd things that happen but just the fact that at some point i mean it's weird that it's in this episode too it's just at some point they were like and then he asked is there a mrs or is there a mr gump mrs gump Mm -hmm. cut to him walking out having fucked forrest mom yeah yeah. Boy, your mama sure does care about your education. I mean, literally, that's how they establish that mm-hmm. she loves him, basically. is That she loves him so much, she's willing to prostitute herself to, uh... <gasps> yes! Speaking of prostitutes... Oh my god, I completely forgot! <laughs> yes! Uh, this was gonna be my big thing at the end that I was going to bring up again. Okay, so I guess if we're, if we're jumping to the, the takeaway or final impression or anything like that, uh, we didn't get to this, but go ahead. So... This is way, this is almost at the very beginning of the episode, but it was easily the thing that stood out most to me. And once again, it's about how, it's, well, it's tangentially related to how fucking creepy Wallowitz is. Mm-hmm. All of the rest of them get there by themselves. And the last person to arrive is Wallowitz, who is with this statuesque blonde, mm-hmm. who is both taller than any of them. Yeah. Very attractive. 
huge breasts, just objectively speaking. And I can't remember exactly how he introduces her, but he's like, this is my friend for the evening or companion for the evening. And he says her name. And then he puts his arm around her and she says, Howard, I told you, touching is extra. Yeah. So here is my question. What is that? Because I want to know, what is that woman's job? Yes. What does her day look like? Yeah, no, let's, okay. Let's, we do need to talk about this. Because I have the same questions. Because on the one hand, if she's a prostitute, and you know what? I'm not going to shame Wallowitz for, for hiring a prostitute, all right? No, if anyone needs to hire a prostitute instead of, instead of slating just... his lust on the poor, yes. vulnerable female scientists at whatever university or laboratory they work in. Yes, and I'm going to assume that she is an empowered, sex-positive sex worker who is doing this of her own will because she likes feeling sexy and powerful or whatever. Uh, that's how I'm going to get away with it. Is... Uh, if she is a prostitute, it's pretty rad that she gets to be paid as an escort with no touching involved. Not even arm around the waist. Not even pretending to not be in escort levels of escort. Like, either either she's not really an escort, which is one thing I thought of. Like, that she is a friend or neighbor or somebody that was willing to take payment to go to this thing. Or she is an escort that owes a favor to Wallowitz. Um, that she's not getting paid, just has to has to put up with it. And there's, it's you know you you think it's weird enough that he he does have to hire a woman to come to the party, but that the brief interaction they have shows that there's so much more going on than is explained. Yes, like you can't like you, they have a whole deal worked out where he is obviously paying her money, but it doesn't involve being allowed to lay hands on her. Which is usually, like, just part of the job description. So. Yeah, yeah. This is the first episode that, for me, was just not good. And it needs it needs more creepy Wallowitz, I guess. It's, it's, it's weird that I can complain so much about how everyone's a creep, and then the second that they're not all being monsters to each other, I'm like, I don't like this show anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just what I'm taking. It's like Sheldon's weird behavior is not enough to sustain a whole episode. And that's weird because he's the one who's getting his own spinoff about his antics as a child, which, based on like everything we see in this episode, sounds like the single most uninteresting aspect of like both his life and this whole story. Yeah, so he got beat up a lot and he tried to make a death ray and it didn't work. I know everything I need to know about young Sheldon. Yeah, exactly.